Bible studies, probably you have a bunch of other names. Uh, it's really hard for me to remember to call them connect groups because we called them cell groups for so long. So today I'm going to be saying connect groups. This is what I've decided. <laughs> so, connect groups. So um, the very first uh, Bible study I led was in university. Uh, my prayer partner, Helen, was the... Um, Thanks. was the uh, uh, prayer coordinator for Laurier Christian Fellowship. So I was part of uh, uh, Wilfrid Laurier University, and we were part of the Christian Fellowship, and she was the prayer coordinator. And part of her job as prayer coordinator was to lead a Bible study on prayer. But um, Helen was very shy and um, didn't like talking in front of people. And she's like, Amanda, you have to lead this Bible study with me. That's part of what I have to do, and I don't know if I can do it. And I said, sure, sure, we can lead it together. So the two of us, we did a lot of the Bible study on um, Bill Heibel's book, No Time Not to Pray. It's a really good book. And you know what I learned from that um, Bible study is that when you're doing a book study, people don't read the book. <laughs> That's what I learned. They're like, oh, yeah, no time not to pray. I'm going to read this book with you guys. But they don't. And they come, and they're like, so what chapter are we doing today? And they're trying to read through the chapter, the first five minutes of you talking. So just FYI, if you're ever leading a Bible study and you're basically on a book, just summarize the chapter you're doing that week for the first five minutes, because that's what they're going to be doing anyway. So that's what I learned. So every time you lead a Bible study, you learn something. So that's what I learned the first time I led a Bible study. And uh, since then, I've led studies on the end times and for young adults and in Japan and in Canada. And actually, I really, really enjoy uh, leading Bible studies and connect groups. And we're going to talk more about that later. Uh, so here we go. this is our connect group. We're missing a few people in that picture. That's our connect group right now. Uh, and uh, so I think the first Bible study or connect group I was ever part of was um, Aretta's junior high group. So Aretta, give a little wave. <laughs> she was my junior high leader <laughs> in uh, high school, the beginning of high school. That was my first one. That was uh, my sister and I and anyone we brought out, <laughs> pretty much. And uh, then we moved to a high school group with um, lots of people. There was probably 50 people. It was over at Parkway Bible Church with Colin McCartney. And uh, my favorite part was the, was the um, games we played at the beginning. I don't know if you guys do games at the youth group. Uh, but we used to play the human knot, which is where all the guys would like hold on to each other. And then all the girls would try to tear them apart. I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. But that was my favorite game. Um, and the best way, they were, the guys were really strong, right? You can't really tear them apart. So the best way was to get some dirt on them and then whisper in their ear that you're going to tell everyone what, about this thing, and then they would let go. <laughs> that was fine. I wasn't strong enough to pull them apart. <laughs> and um, we did, uh, you know, youth retreats and snowball fights, and, you know, you get to know each other and eat food. And the guy, did you ever see this high school, were you ever in youth group and they did the skit? The guys always do this skit where like, they have like, a, a jug of water, and the first guy brushes his teeth and spits it in the water, and the next guy eats chips and spits it in the water, and they do all this gross stuff, and the last guy drinks it. Have you ever? Like, I, it's really gross. Like, that's the kind of youth group I went to. <laughs> um, I think it went from 50 people to 100 people while I was in it. Um, 
and we were all like in the high schools around here and people always brought out their friends and it was a really great group. And um, I think because starting with Aretta and with that group was such a good experience for me, I always looked for a group whenever I went somewhere. Um, so I mentioned in a university as part of the Christian Fellowship and then in Japan I was part of an international fellowship. Uh, and then when I came back, I was part of um, a, a group, a, a young adults group in a different church that Aretta also led. <laughs> it was for young adults, and that's where I met my prayer partner that you've heard me talk about, Karen. Um, and then that church closed, and I went to catch the fire. And uh, at that time, there was no campuses, and there was only one Bible study in all of Scarborough, led by Corey. And hands up if you were in Corey's Bible study. There's a bunch of us here who were in Corey's Bible study. Well, only three, but there is more. And uh, it was the only one in Scarborough, and there was like 40 people in this Bible study in this small apartment building. And people brought their own lawn chairs like to, to sit on because there was no chairs left. And I always got there early because you didn't get there early. You had to sit on the floor. But, but, you know, like I was young, and so sometimes when people came, I sat on the floor anyway so they could sit on the, on the couches. Um, and it was really great. Like, a lot of people came to the Lord there, were healed. It was just, it was so awesome. And so I think I've just had a lot of really good experiences in Bible studies and connect groups. I'm not saying it was perfect because I've been part of ones that, that have closed and ones where people are angry at each other. But just today I'm talking to you about connect groups and my hope is that everyone will join a connect group and I kind of feel like I'm trying to convince you that chocolate tastes good. You know, like, chocolate does taste good. Like, connect groups are really awesome. Like, I feel like this is an easy sell. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, we were, uh, after that I was part of um, Jill and Kev's. Oh, I can't move over there. I have to move farther forward. <laughs> there we are. Um, so that was part of uh, Jill and Kevin Lee's uh, Bible study. And they were starting it up, and Jill and I were in, um, we both taught Sunday school at the main campus. We were in the four- and five-year-old room, which has a slide. It's very fun. And uh, not that I ever used it. And, and uh, Jill said to me, Amanda, we're starting um, a Bible study. Do you want to be part of it? And I was like, oh, yeah, I do. But I was part of another one at that point. And that one closed, and so I was part of Jill and Kev's. And um, with that Bible study, uh, when they started Central, Jill and Kev's whole group moved to Central to help start Central. So then we all moved to Central. And then Central got really big, and then they decided to start Midtown, and Jill and Kev's cell group moved to Midtown, and we all moved to Midtown and started Midtown. And it was really cool, because I really think that's the way the group's supposed to work, isn't it? Like, you get bigger, and you start you know, new campuses or new churches or new groups and so many people come and you start another one. And I would never, ever have agreed to help start a church. Like, that's not what I want to do. You know, if they said, put up your hand if you want to move and start a new church, I would have been like, nope, I am not doing that. You know, but because I was part of a group and the whole group moved and I liked my group <laughs> and my leaders, I didn't want to find new leaders in a new group, I moved with them. And so it was just so cool that now I've got to help start two churches, which I never thought I was gonna do, you know? And like, this is what I've learned about starting a new church, you ready? When they ask, you know, just put down the things that 
you know, you think you might want to help with, maybe, that means you're going to lead that group. So if you put down that you might want to help with Sunday school, you're going to be leading Sunday school, just FYI. Or you put down that you like worship, you're going to be leading the worship team. So if you ever help start a new church, be ready. <laughs> be ready. Yeah. So those are, that's my, I'm going to move over here. That's, that's, uh, that's a lot of my experiences with connect groups and Bible studies. And that's why I think they're just so wonderful and so awesome. Okay, what is a connect group? What is a connect group? Right? So John 15, 5, Jesus is talking, right? And I think he was probably standing in the middle of a vineyard or beside a vineyard. Because that's how Jesus is, right? He took the stuff that was around him and started teaching. And I'm guessing he maybe was speaking to the people who worked in the vineyard, right? So that they could understand better. I have never worked in a vineyard, so I had to do some study on this. But it's, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And uh, I have a little picture of the vineyard down there. And you see how the vine goes along, and then there's little branches with little clusters of grapes. And then you go along, and there's another little branch with a cluster of grapes. And then you go along, and there's another little branch with a cluster of grapes, two or three clusters of grapes. I thought, wow, Jesus, that's so cool. That's exactly how the connect groups are. You know, like, we're all connected to you. We're all part of a church, but we have, like, branches, just like banks have branches, right? We call them campuses, or we call them connect groups, but we all have different branches, all, part, all connected to the vine. You know, and he says, apart from me, you can do nothing, which is so true. Even with them, sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, Jesus, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, we really need him. So a connect group is just a group of people from the church who meet together regularly for fellowship with each other and God. And fellowship means getting to know the person, so getting to know God. And maybe I've told this story before, but in Japan, I had a Korean friend, and he and I were both learning Japanese. And in the church in Japan, they use some really old-fashioned words. And so in Japanese, fellowship is an old-fashioned word. And so um, his friends at work knew he always went to the young adults uh, group at his church, and they knew he really liked it. And they're like, what do you do there? And he said, oh, we have fellowship. And they're like, what? And he said, oh, we have fellowship. You know, do you want to come sometime? And they were like, sure, we'll come. And so he went back to the church and he told them this conversation. And they said, oh, no, we don't use fellowship in like every, only in the church because nowadays the word fellowship is a euphemism. Well, so he's been telling people that they're young adults, they have fellowship. That's why they wanted to come. But anyway, that, that was, I think that's my funniest um, Japanese language joke because so funny, but fellowship means getting to know the person, right? So when we get together, we want to know like the people with us, and we want to know who God is, and that's what we're doing. And okay, are there connect groups in the Bible? I think Jesus had a connect group. I think the twelve disciples were his connect group, right? He walked around with them, and I'm thinking like that Jesus probably learned some fishing stuff from them. You know, like as they're talking about fishing and stuff, and I'm thinking, you know, they learned obviously a lot from him, and we have a lot of it written down. Um, and then also there's other places in the Bible that talk about people meeting in small groups. So connect groups in the Bible from Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. This is um, the early church, right? So Jesus had um, risen from the dead. He had ascended 
to heaven, the Holy Spirit had come, right? And the apostles had started teaching in Jerusalem, right? And people had started coming. And it says they, the Christians, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke breads in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What I really like about this is it talks about all the different things they did, right? They did pray, and they did go to church, and they did worship, but also it says they helped each other when they had need. You know, they made food for each other, and they stayed at each other's houses when they needed, and, you know, uh, raised barns together, and fixed each other's cars, and you know, <laughs> I'm sure they didn't do that. But um, in our Connect groups, I know that there, in Jill and Kev's Connect group, the guys would get together, and they would change the winter tires of all the family's cars. You know, like this is what connect groups do. You know, they bring food when people are sick. They pray for each other. They drive each other to the airport. They, you know, this is, when I first went to the airport church, it was so big. And now I'd been going as part of the ministry team, so I knew some people, but it was the summer. A lot of people were away and I went and I really felt like I sat, like I sat alone and people would say hello, like when it was time to say hello, but I didn't really have any friends, you know? And um, I tried to join uh, Bible studies, but they were all on break over the summer. And so when the, uh, when the fall started up again and all the groups started up again, I joined a group. And then I felt like, okay, now I have people to sit with in church and people are talking to me. Like, because you know how you have the same conversation over and over when you don't know people well? Oh, yes, I'm Amanda. Yeah, this is my home church now. I just started coming. Oh, I don't, I live at the 401 and 404. You know, it's kind of boring, like the same conversation over and over. And when I got to know people in the Connect group, I felt like, oh, now I can have other conversations. It was very exciting. <laughs> Talk about, you know, maybe what I'd done at work that week or, you know, and I joined the um, Sunday school team. And that's when I really got to know people well. I got to know uh, Sandra was in charge and Jill was there. And I had a bunch of other friends that we did Sunday school every week. And I got to know the parents of the kids. And you know, it really became like my home church. So if you're feeling like, you know, you come and you don't really know many people, or if you're new and you're looking for um, deeper relationships, I do really encourage you to join a connect group or part of the ministry, because that is how you get to know people better. Um, although I was glad for a while to be a little bit anonymous. <laughs> but it came a point where I was like, okay, now I need some friends. <laughs> okay, what happens at a connect group? There's often the social time, sometimes at the beginning, sometimes at the end, and it often involves food, which is my favorite part, and especially Marilyn brings really good food to our Connect group. If you're ever gonna join us, make sure you come on a week when Marilyn comes. Oh my goodness, she brings these like vegetable spring rolls. They're huge, they're really good. And Claudia often brings like Italian food. Oh, it's really good. And uh, we often do birthdays, people's birthdays at our Connect group. Um, if it's your birthday and you let me know in advance, there'll be cake and we prophesy over you. So uh, that's people's birthdays. We have to tell me because we lost Zuska and Zuska was the one who wrote down everyone's birthday. <laughs> yeah, and we often do worship, right? So there's often a time of worship. Sometimes somebody plays guitar, sometimes it's soaking. Uh, we used to do in Japan what I called 
iPod worship. I'd bring my iPod and the speaker, and we would play, <laughs> we'd play worship. Actually, that's how come I learned to play the guitar, because we kept losing our worship leaders in Japan. Because it was an international community, and none of the Japanese played guitar, only the international people, and they kept going home again. And I was like, okay, Amanda, you taught music, like instrumental music, you can play the band instruments, surely you can play guitar. And uh, one of the girls at my home church, she played guitar, and so she taught me and the youth. And so the youth and I all learned how to play guitar at the same time in Japan. So uh, we do worship. And uh, Bible study. So sometimes the Bible study is going through a book of the Bible, sometimes it's topical, sometimes we use a book or a video series, you know, or sometimes people are just sharing, you know. And prayer. We often pray for each other. We pray for specific issues. This is, this is basically what's going to happen when you come to a connect group, right? You're going to talk and worship and study and pray. And, you know, every um, connect group is a little bit different. Uh, so in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, Jesus said, Go and make disciples. Right? Go and make disciples of the world, right? baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is what a connect group does. We're becoming disciples. Not just the people in the group, but the leaders. We're all becoming disciples, more and more like Jesus. Right? So that's what the connect group is about. Right? That's what happens there. Okay, so benefits of a connect group. So getting to know people in the church, forming friendships and support network for meeting your spiritual, social, and material needs, right? So having friends, people who, when you need somebody to pray with you because you're having a hard time forgiving, they're going to pray with you, right? When, um, when you need advice about finances, you know, there's often somebody in the group who's good with that. You know, you need advice about accounting. You need advice about buying a house, somebody who's already done that, right? The people help each other. There's developing giftings and callings. So we like to do um, a lot of uh, training, right? So we do prophetic activation, which if you haven't done before, is where, you know, you ask God for a picture, and then they say, okay, give it to the person on your right. And then you ask God for a picture, they say, okay, give it to the person on your left. Or you ask God for a memory verse, right? And you learn how to give prophetic words. Or maybe you're learning about um, how to hear God's voice. Or we're learning about how what our ancestors did can still affect our lives and how to be free from that, right? Like, you really, like, you get healed, you get free, and you learn how to minister to people. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember um, when I really started understanding about prophetic words and, like, how God gave you a picture or a word and you gave it, I was so excited. I, we would go, I was in the school of ministry, and we would go and practice, and uh, my team, after a while, one person would give a word, then they just hand it back to me, because nobody else was ready yet, but I would be like, okay, I, I got one, you know, and they'd hand it to somebody else, and they'd hand it back to me, I'm like, okay, I got it. It was very exciting. It's really cool, especially, like, when you give a word, and somebody's like, oh, yeah, that's true. I remember I had a word for this couple um, in England, and I saw them in a blue sports car, and Jesus was driving. And I'm like, oh, you know, I think this means that God's in charge of your life. And they're like, no, 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 we've been praying for a car and it's blue. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I saw the picture right. I just didn't get the interpretation right. But they were happy anyway because God saw them with a blue car. Like God was showing them that the blue car was theirs. You know, it's fun. It's exciting. Yeah, like um, gathering in for new believers. 
I think the most evangelistic group I was ever a part of was the young adults in Japan. Um, it was an international group, Japanese and from all over, and people, people would bring their friends from work, their friends from school, their friends from everywhere. And this one day, a girl brought the man who sat next to her on the airplane the day before. <laughs> you know, like they would just bring anyone, and this was our agreement. The agreement was, if you bring somebody new to connect to the, we call it Saturday Night Fellowship, if you bring somebody new to fellowship, somebody else will share the gospel with them. That was the agreement we had, so that you didn't have to feel uncomfortable sharing the gospel with the person you bring, right? So if I brought somebody, then my co-leader, Rio, would share the gospel that night. And that way, the person that I brought could talk with me about it later and not feel uncomfortable, and I wouldn't have to feel uncomfortable. So I just think that's a really good rule, that if you bring somebody new to your Bible study, somebody else shares the gospel with them. You know, and so many people became Christians through that group. Um, I think I told the story of the girl who was... Um, she was so sad all the time and kind of angry. And she came to our group for like a few months. And I was like, why is this girl coming every week? It looks like she hates it. Like she hates being here and she comes every week. And then she became a Christian one week. And the very next week I was talking about baptism and she was so excited. She's like, there's a bathtub upstairs. Let me get baptized right now. And I was like, wow. I know how Philip felt. Like the guy was like, was, he probably, like I'm thinking with Philip and the Ethiopian, probably the um, chariot hadn't even stopped. Probably the guy was hopping out of the chariot before it stopped to go get baptized in the river there. You know, she was so excited. You know, it is a place where we can bring people for them to get to know Christ. You know, and I do believe that there is um, a great harvest coming. I believe it because the scripture says so. Right? It says that there is a big harvest coming, and we need a way to gather people in. And actually what I really think is that everyone who's part of a connect group will be leading one eventually because of how many people are going to be coming into the kingdom. You know, Maybe not everyone, but I think there's a lot of people coming, and I do think we need to be ready. Right? That's one way to be ready. Okay, choosing a connect group. So if you don't have a connect group, right, how do you choose? The first way that most people choose is closest to their place. <laughs> I know there's lots of reasons to choose other things, but I have to say in all the years I've been observing, usually people pick a place that's close to them because it's convenient. The next thing that I really want to encourage you to do is to pick a group where the leaders are a good fit for you and people who you respect. Because although you may join a group because you like the topic they're doing or because it's close to you, the people who lead the group do have spiritual authority. They do have influence in your life, not just what they're saying, so you're learning things, not just mentally and emotionally, but also spiritually. So it's really important to be careful in picking a leader, somebody that you respect and somebody who's a good fit for you. And so sometimes I have had it where people have had to move groups, right? And because it just it wasn't a good fit for them. And a lot of times, this is where um, people can be hurt. Right? So I'll talk a bit more about that later. But you do want to pick leaders that are a good fit for you, who you respect, because right? they're going to have authority in your life. Maybe you pick it because there's a topic you want to study. Um, it's convenient time for you during the week. This is actually also really important, because uh, groups are different, right? So some connect groups always start on time and always end on time. 
That's Kavian and I. <laughs> we start on time and we end on time, right? Because we have people who have babysitters at home, we have people who take the bus home, we have people who work early the next day. So we always end right at nine o'clock. Yeah. And then you have groups that start late and end late because, you know, people are uh, retired or because they're night owls or, you know, and they chat and they enjoy that. So, like, if you tend to be somebody who's not always on time and you come to our group, you're probably going to miss the first little bit, right? But if you're somebody who likes to stay up late, you're going to be like, why is everyone going home at 9 o'clock? Like, there's still, like, three hours left of the night, you know? So if you're a night owl, right, that may make a difference for you. Yeah, and it's okay to change groups, right? If you find that you've tried a group for a while and actually it's not exactly meeting your needs, that's okay to change. Like, we're not going to be like, don't do that. It's not so great if you change again and again and again, right? And we're going to get to that in a little bit. Leading connect groups. Um, I really want to encourage you, if you have ever thought about leading a connect group, do the School of Champions 2 coming up. Because that's what, in our church, if, when you do School of Champions 2, then you can lead a connect group. And I really want to encourage you to lead a connect group because when you lead a connect group, you learn way more than when you're in a connect group. Like, when you're leading, you have to prepare. And so you know the material more in depth, right? And then also when you're leading, you get to find out about Lead, how you lead people and how to lead a group and what is God saying for your group and you know there's just so much more you learn I just want to encourage you leading a connect group is fun and awesome you grow so much you know so if you've thought about it please please do talk to me everyone who leads a connect group is in the uh, in a connect group or is being led so there's nobody who's leading a connect group who doesn't have spiritual authority over them or somebody to go to if there's a difficulty. You know, so if there's a problem, I can always, I can always go to Elsie and Ramesh and get their help with that, right? So there's no um, lone rangers or leaders who are going way off into wrong theory or theology. You know, they're all, they're all being led. Uh, so when I... Jill and Kev were really encouraging me to lead a connect group. I hadn't been leading one yet. And uh, they were like, Amanda, you need to lead one. And I was like, well, I'm going to be going to Japan. Like, I don't want to like, lead one, then leave. And they said, you know, well, why don't you lead with someone? So I thought, OK, OK. So I prayed. And I knew I wanted to lead a mixed connect group. And so I needed a guy to lead with. And I prayed. And God really put on my heart to ask Trevor if he would lead with me. And uh, he said yes. And so. Uh, Trev and I started leading a connect group together, and um, he had all these crazy ideas. He'd be like, we're going to go downtown, and we're going to pray over all the buildings, and we're going to like do this and that. And it was really exciting, and I'm like, oh, that's really good. Why don't we pray about that first? He's like, whenever you say we're going to pray about it first, we never do it. <laughs> like, that's not exactly true. <laughs> I just think it's a good idea to pray before we go and do like, you know, crazy spiritual warfare over downtown Toronto. <laughs> so a couple years later, I was telling him that story. He's like, really? He's like, well, I'm so glad you stopped me. <laughs> but we had a lot of fun together because Trev had all these awesome ideas and I was, I was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. Let's pray and let's, you know, put some parameters around it and some safety here and there. And it was really fun leading with him. 
you know, and then also he told like stories about his students and because I'm also a teacher and, you know, he told his students that, um, uh, you know, um, clover, you can eat clover, right? Or you can suck the honey from clover. And so he told his, his grade one students that you could suck the honey from clover while they were on this field trip in a park. And as he's walking along, he turned around and looked behind him and all his grade ones were eating all the flowers that were, <laughs> they were passing by. <laughs> so, so Trev and I had this really great friendship. Like he was my younger brother. And then when I went to Japan and started leading the Saturday Night Fellowship, I led with a guy named Rio. And uh, Rio was also like a younger, like a younger brother. And um, it was so cool to lead with them because I got to see their leadership styles. And they got to see my leadership styles. And we sort of balanced each other out, although Rio wasn't near as crazy as Trevor was. But uh, we balanced each other out, you know? And they both play guitar, and I love teaching, and, you know, if you're gonna lead a connect group, leading with someone else is a lot of fun. You know, they often become really good friends, really good prayer partners, and then if there's a big problem, you can talk with them. So I wanna encourage you, if, you, if you've been thinking about leading a connect group, but you're a little bit nervous, find a partner. That's really good. Okay, next. Connect groups are not perfect. I love the ketchup picture. <laughs> Um, so I talked about sometimes people feel hurt from connect groups, and I've heard this a lot, so I just want to mention this now. In connect groups, people can feel hurt because um, sometimes it's not a good fit, sometimes the leader hurts them, sometimes the leader's hurt by somebody in the group. Um, and it's really important to forgive, and forgiveness is a whole other topic, but I do want to mention that it's really important to forgive the person who's hurt you in a connect group or a Bible study if that's happened to you. And I just want to say, if that's happened to you in our church, I just want to say, yeah, I'm so sorry. You know, just on behalf of the church, we're really sorry that you were hurt in one of our groups. And that's not our intention at all. And um, I really do ask that you would forgive the person. And if you need uh, help with that, please do talk with us about that. Because um, as leaders, we're obviously not perfect. And uh, I teach kindergarten, that's very clear to me that I'm not perfect. <laughs> I run out of patience sometimes, stuff is going on, you know, and then the connect group too. And so it's important to ask for forgiveness, and it's also important to work that out. Now, that doesn't mean you have to stay in that connect group. I'm not saying that. It's okay to change connect groups. But I do want to mention that if you've had hurt from leaders in a Bible study and you change groups, and it happens again, and you change groups, and it happens again, this is God giving you the opportunity to work through that hurt, right? Because I do find if you go to another group without working it through, he's just going to give you another opportunity to work it through, you know? And it doesn't matter how many groups you go to, it'll just be the same issue over and over again. So I just want to encourage you, if you've been hurt in a group, please do forgive the person. Please do, if you need, ask for forgiveness. Please do get some help. You know, because changing groups because it's not a good fit is good, but changing groups over and over and over again is just God asking you when you're going to get it. <laughs> you know, so. Okay, the vision for connect groups. My vision is that everyone would be in a connect group. 
Now, this does not mean that you go to a meeting every week, because I know that there's people who are looking after their parents. I know there's people who are in school and working full time. I know that there's people with young kids. I'm not saying you need to go to one of the groups every week. I'm saying attach yourself to one of the groups in the church so that there's somebody to pray for you. So we have a lot of people in our group who come about once a month, you know, because they have young kids and uh, they work and husbands work and, you know, but being part of a group, just being attached to a group, somebody that you can text to say, please pray for me, that's really good. You know, that's really good. Um, and uh, Pastor Ramesha shared that uh, the vision for the church this year is that our connect groups will double. So I think double, double the number of groups and double in size. So like I said, if you'd like to be a leader, please do talk with us. And I actually have a vision that there would be a connect group that meets Sunday after church, maybe twice a month, somewhere that we can walk to. Because there's a lot of people in the church who come on TTC, who have young kids. They can't go at night. Um, you know, it's difficult. And if there was a connect group that met somewhere we could walk to after church on Sunday, then all those families or all those people who come on the TTC could go. So just if you feel that God's been asking you to lead a group or you've been wanting to lead a group and you think that would be a good one for you, please do talk with me because I am asking God to provide a leader for that specific group. Yeah. And uh, this year one of our focuses is on outreach. Uh, and so, um, so in the uh, connect groups we're hoping to focus more on outreach. Right, on uh, reaching out to our community, reaching out to our friends. At our Connect group, we have two people who come who aren't yet Christians. Uh, one of the guys, uh, George, comes every week and studies the Bible, and he loves it, and is not yet a Christian, and a lady from across the road comes sometimes. And, you know, we're praying for them uh, to really understand that <sighs> Jesus is the best thing for their life ever, <laughs> you know. Uh, 